yesterday, we talked about the Central Division. Today, we round out episode 139 with a look at the Pacific Division. So let's get right to it. And now, it's time to lace them up. Here's Brett and Steve. That's that's right. We have we're just gonna start off with the uh, uh, like we always do with the Anna uh, alphabetically. So the first team up is the Anaheim Ducks. Uh, they kind of have a <laughs> speaking. They have a lot of injury issues here, but. First, we'll start off with their key um, additions, Luke Chen, Jared Carew, and Pointis Alberg, who they claimed off waivers last uh, yesterday um, from Edmonton. They didn't really subtract anyone, I guess. Um, rookies to watch, Troy Terry, um, and that's mostly due to the fact that they have Corey Perry, who's out for five months, so that's pretty much the entire season. Um, if you do the math right, because that means he'd be back by March, and um, that's when the regular season ends. Um, but like reportedly, well, if, if, if they're out of it by then, yeah, then exactly. It's probably yeah. Over. So I guess he could make it into the playoffs if they make it, but um, you know, nothing is guaranteed, I guess, in this league. Um, and also, uh, it looks like, uh, we've we kind of said this before, but it looks like Ryan Kessler is uh, day-to-day, um, and Patrick Eves may be back at some point as well. So they have a lot of injury issues and uh, things to look out for. Um, however, so the one interesting thing about, so it was a knee injury for Corey Perry. Actually, let me, uh, let me do the... Uh, I'll talk about Corey Perry in a second. Um, sorry. Uh, they went, even with all these injuries that they had, because uh, they didn't have, like, Cam Fowler for half the year. They didn't have, uh, I think John Gibson was out for a bit, too. Um, yeah, and, and Eves was out the entire year, too. He was Eves a 30 out for the, the entire year. year. Uh, in fa- uh, Ryan Getzlaff was out for, uh, for a bit. Um, they, and Kashe was out for a bit. They still actually made the playoffs and had 101 points, which was which is kind of crazy when you think about it. Uh, they went 44, 25, and 13. Uh, their leading goal score, their leading point score was uh, Ricard Raquel with 69 points. Their second leading goal, their point score was uh, Ryan Getzlaff, who had 61 points in 56 games, which is absurd. Especially for someone like Ryan Getzlaff, who's um, like around, must be, thir- oh, he's 33 years old. I thought he was like 35 or something. Yeah, but he's, he's been around this league for yeah. a good decade. Um, and then this is where it starts to drop off here, because Corey Perry had 49 points in 71 games. Uh, Jacob Silverberg had 40 points in 77 games. Andre Kashe had 38 points in 66 games. Josh Manson had 37 points in 80 games. Adam Henrik, who they got um, early on in the year, um, had 36 points in 57 games. Uh, Cam Fowler had 32 points in 67 games. Cogliano had 35 points in 80 games. 
Uh, Brandon Montour had 32 points in 80 games. Hampus Lindholm had 31 points in 69 games. So um, they kind of, like, they have a really good defense, um, and um, but they don't have a ton of great forwards, but they always get injured. They, the, this is like a team that just gets, they're like the Penguins of the, of the West, basically, because they're just, they always have some injuries. Like when one guy gets injured, or one guy gets healthy, the other guy gets injured. It's like they never have a healthy team. But like when they, even when they don't have a healthy team, they're still a pretty good team. Um, and that has a lot to do with the fact that John Gibson um, was amazing. He had uh, nine. So with all these injuries that they had, uh, John Gibson had went 31, 18, and 7. He played 60 games. Um, and his save percentage was a 9.26 save percentage and a GAA of 2.43. Um, and Ryan Miller, who was their backup at the time, he played 28 games because John Gibson was also injured for some part too. Um, he had 12. He went 12, six and six, um, and his save percentage was a little bit better than Gibson's actually. Um, with a 9.28 save percentage and a GAA of 2.35. Um, the, the, um, so back to this Corey Perry thing, and then I'll, I'll get back to you. Apparently, uh, so this was a knee injury. Um, apparently, uh, this has been an ongoing thing for Corey Perry. Like, it wasn't just last season, it was like, two seasons and three seasons ago. So it explains why Corey Perry declined so much. Yeah. But, like, this is going to go back to my old pet peeve. It's like, why are you playing injured? Uh, like, <laughs> it's like, this is, like, clear evidence that you're not as good while you're injured than you're not. So I, I get that Corey Perry's this, like, super tough guy and, like, you know, he's, like, he was Brad Marchand before he was Brad Marchand. But, like before Brad Marchand was Brad Marchand, but the whole idea, like, of, like, like, why did they, like, who let Corey Perry play when they knew that he was injured like this? So it just seems, like, so I guess it's, like, good that they're treating it now, but, like, they could have just, like, I don't know, like, it just, it seems weird that he was playing injured like that. Um, and, and, may, and may we remind you that, this wasn't just a knee injury. This was a meniscus tear. Yeah. <laughs> so he's playing on a meniscus tear for for the entire season, and he was just like, you know what? I'll just play because because uh, I'm a hockey player. It's just it's just absurd to me. Um, anyways, <laughs> that's uh, so, I mean I've had this rant before, so um, I'll save you guys the, the the other rants. But yeah, I think like I, I think. The loss of Corey Perry is pro- definitely going to hurt them, um, even though he was declining a bit. But, like, I just read you the stats. He was still their third leading scorer on the team there. So um, I feel like guys like Silverberg, Kashe, um, Henrique um, all have to step up. Um, and uh, Troy Terry, it looks like he's... He's going to be a guy. He was really good in college, um, and it looks like right now in preseason he's on the fr- first top line with Getzlaff and Raquel. So 
So there's that to um, possibly look into. I'm also seeing here that Maxime Contois and Sam Steele are also in the lineup. Um, so um, those are also interesting rookies that could reinvigorate the Ducks. But yeah, I think that's a big concern for the Ducks this year. Is like Their defense is on point if they're healthy because they have Lindholm, Fowler, Manson, and Montour. Who are, like, they're underrated as a decor. Um, they're one of the better best in the league. Gibson, um, if healthy, can also, is also great um, and could put up a Vezina-like um, season this year. And but like the big concern is the like you have Raquel and Getzlav. Um, who knows what's going on with Kessler? Who knows what's going on with Patrick Eves? It's like uh, so you have Jacob Silverberg and Andre Cache. So like, can those guys be good? I don't know. Um, so that's 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 the big concern is their is their depth. Yeah, their depth is a big concern. I definitely think Andre Kasha has the potential of erupting like Ricard Raquel did a few years ago. Yeah. I really do think that. Here's the thing, though. Excluding the injuries to Ryan Kessler and Corey Perry. Let's let's take those out of the equation for sure. a second. Either way you look at it, the core of this team, Getzloff, Perry, Kessler, they're getting older. So mm-hmm. even if they're healthy, you wonder how much... Um, they're going to be of use, um, especially with Corey Perry getting paid the amount of money he is. Like, how much? How much longer is he going to be worth? Eight million per year, um, and we'll get to that in a second because you're looking at some of the core pieces that they're resigning. John Gibson, wise to sign him before uh, he maybe has a good season and is worth more money. So that that was a good decision for them to resign John Gibson. Yep. It was a good Henry. decision to sign Adam Henrique. Yep, but. When you look at uh, the long term, and you're going to be keeping all of your young guys, um, it's it's going to be a situation like Minnesota where you've got a couple of bad contracts on your roster, mostly Paris. Um, and it kind of hurts your ability to make your team better and make your team a sustainable threat for years and years to come. And like Minnesota... When you get into that position, basically all you can do is just add deaf pieces. And that's pretty much what they did. Yeah. All they did this year was add the following players. Luke Shen, Andre Schuster, Jared Coro, Brian Gibbons, Carter Rowney. That was what they did this offseason to help their team. You look at L.A. and what they've done to improve. You look at San Jose, what they've done to improve. Edmonton and Calgary should be better this year. Arizona's on the right track. Vancouver may follow suit in a few years as well. The balance of power is slowly starting to shift in this division. And it's going against the Anaheim Ducks in more ways than one. Right. But if Gibson gets hurt, the good news is they can count on Ryan Miller to provide solid goaltending. He he did that last year. I still think he's capable of doing that. But, like we mentioned with guys like Ryan Kessler, Ryan Miller isn't getting any younger either. So that might be a concern. Their goaltending could be a concern, both health-wise and production-wise. Secondly, their discipline last year was absolute garbage. And as a result, their goaltending was so heavily tested. So injuries and discipline really need to be a point of reference. This team needs to be healthy. They also need to be disciplined. They can't afford like 30 to 40 shots a game like they were last year. 
Um, so e- even if Corey Perry was healthy, this team has still got a lot of questions sure. to answer. Yeah, we would so still be I doing think this. they need a lot of their young guys to step up, and I think maybe the dark horse out of all of them that could maybe save their season is Sam Steele. I was okay. watching this guy play uh, in the Memorial Cup, and he was absolutely phenomenal. So if he can bring that level of play in his rookie season, um, the Anaheim Ducks are still going to be a threat. But um, if the young guns don't bring it, Anaheim could be in serious trouble this year. Also on that note, Troy Terry um, is another guy to look out for. Yeah, he Troy was- Terry's another guy. He is he, definitely another guy to look yeah. out for, for he sure. Was, but uh, he had, Sam Steele, Sam Steele kind of reminds me of that of a Matt Barzal in yeah. a way. Troy Terry was insane in college. He had, a, I'm just looking here. He had 48 points in 39 games last year for for the Ducks. So uh, for Denver, yeah. Um, so uh, that's pretty good for, for a college. Um, yeah. So yeah, no, you're right. In terms of like that is like a bright spot in this sense. I feel like the Ducks could be, like, a scary team if they're healthy. And that's a big if. Um, yeah. And, like, like even if Ryan Kessler isn't as good as he is when healthy, even if Patrick Eves isn't as good when healthy, um, it's still, like, um, that's still, like, a, they still can contribute. Um, enough. Um, I know Ryan Kessler came back uh, towards the end of the year and he only had 14 points in 44 games, but he's still like, you know, he still was shooting a lot. He was still hitting and blocking, so he still has it like he had it before, but it's just like, it's a little bit less. Um, so I feel like um, that that is another X factor. Is like maybe Kessler can come back from this surgery and and be a helpful player in this uh, for this team, but um, it's kind of like it might be unlikely to happen. So we'll see. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, uh, but yeah, I think I think you kind of hit the nail on the head. It's like they need to get healthy, and even if they were healthy, they st- like everyone else on their team, everyone else in the division has gotten better. So um, so it, it, it's it's going to be tough. Arizona, um, they they made a lot of moves this year. Uh, they added Alex Galchenyuk. They added Vinny Hinestroza, Jordan Osterle. Uh, they also signed Michael Grabner as well. Um, some notable subtractions, though, uh, Max Domi, because um, they got through that Max Alex Galchenyuk trade. They also lost Luke Shen. Um, who went to the Ducks. I think I mentioned that before. Uh, some rookies yeah. to watch are um, Ryan Merkley, um, who sh- should probably make the team. Um, and then uh, also the the ch- big X factor here is, uh, I don't know if he's even considered a rookie anymore, but I guess he is. Um, Dylan Strome. Um, he was, you know, he was the 2015 third overall pick. Uh, for the Coyotes, um, you know, he's kind of been in the AHL. He was really good in the AHL a couple uh, last year, but um, it's still going to be, um, you know, he never really, he did kind of start to bring it uh, towards the end of last season, but, um, you know, we kind of want to see more out of him. 
but um, the the big the big thing for Arizona is um, is anti Ranta. Um, so I've I found this stat, which was unbelievable. Um, January after January first, Ranta had a nine forty two save percentage and a one point eight four GAA in twenty seven games. So that's not even that small of a sample size either. Um, and that's the best goalie, like, that's the best stats for a goalie by far in that second half. Um, and the, the, the Coyotes were actually the best second half team in the league. It's just that they had a horrid first half, like, uh, like, a, like a historically bad first half. I think they lost, like, the first 20 games or so, um, mm. or something like that. So, um, so I feel like, let me, actually, let me, before I start to analyze, let me, let me tell you about them. Their record was 29, 41, and 12. Uh, Clayton Keller had 65 points, um, in 82 games. Derek Stepan had 56 points in 82 games. Uh, Max Domi, I guess we don't really care about him now, but... 45 points in 82 games. OEL had 42 points in 82 games. Um, Christian Dvorak, Goligoski had some stuff. Um, and then uh, Antti Ranta had, went 21, 17, and 6, um, and a save percentage of 930 and a 2.24 GAA. Um, so that's going to be the key for uh, Arizona. Um, they also went 29, 41, and 12. Um, but yeah, that seems, that seems to be the key, going to be the key for Arizona. So if anti-Ranta, like, it seems like this team kind of thrives when anti-Ranta's in net. And when he's not in net, it's, it's kind of like, who, who do they have? So, um, so that's, that's going to be a little bit of a concern, but I still feel like, Ranta kind of like boosts this team up a bit, um, and uh, I'm also excited about Clayton Keller. So I, I'm I'm kind of excited about this Arizona team. I don't know. I don't think they'll make the playoffs, but I think I think Ranta could. This is my bold take this year. I think Ranta is going to win the Vezina this year. Yeah, you you know what? With numbers like that, uh, I wouldn't put it past anti Ranta if he plays like that and if he's able to stay healthy. Um, and, yep. and I I definitely think they could be a wild card threat. They could at least contend for a wild card spot yeah, if he is at that level. I think um, I think if Arizona makes the playoffs or if they get in the top three, I think uh, Ranta has the Vezina in the bag. I feel like the same thing could be said for someone like McDavid, like uh, right. a couple of years ago. Like he'll win the Hart Trophy if the Oilers make the playoffs, yeah, and if no, he's as true. dominant as he is, if yep. he leads the league in scoring. So, yeah. Um, but like you said, for the immediate future, a lot needs to go right for Arizona. Certainly, Anti Ranta playing out of his mind mm-hmm. is going to have to be key, and he did that in the second half. Uh, and the team followed his his lead. They uh, they they really improved. Um, what they don't need this year is another slow start because we remember, I can't remember if it was a year, I think it was a, uh, last year or a couple of years before where they went on like an 11, 12 game losing streak. 
Yeah. And that pretty much kind of put them on their butts right away, and, and they could never fully recover from that. So they need a much better start to the year. They can't afford a disaster start like they did a year or two ago. Um, they're not going to become a winner overnight, but I think this year is going to be a solid step forward for them. Um, I I really think they need to get it done this year, though, because how many times we said, okay, this year is going to be different. This year they're going to take that step forward. Just you wait, and it never happens. Right. So this year, this year they cannot afford. They cannot afford a down year. They need to go up this year. Um, the good news is for Arizona is. They are starting to get the right pieces in place because you look at someone like Oliver Ekman Larson to look at what Arizona has been able to do during his time. It hasn't been that much. Right. Let's face facts. He still signs an eight-year extension with them. Then they get Mikhail Grabner. They keep Nicholas Jalmerson around. They keep Kevin Connaughton around. They keep Brad Richardson they around. They trade for Alex they signed Christian Dvorak for six years. They trade um, for Alex Galchenyuk. Yeah, they trade for Galchenyuk as well. So th- this is one of those teams that is starting to build something special. Yep. And all they need to do is just get to work and get results. That's all they need to do. Because I think they are trending in the right direction. If, if they were going to be a bad team for several, several years – you would not see them add as much as they have. Yep. And the fact that they're adding, the fact that they're trying to get better, shows you that in a couple of years, this team could be up to something. Yep. So I think we really need to pay more attention to what the Coyotes are going to do this year. Um, but like I said, they need a lot to go right. Anti Ranta needs to play well, and guys like Dylan Strome need to take their game to another level because if they stay at the level right now, they might be a decent team, but they're not going to be a playoff team. Yeah, I, I can agree with that. I think Dylan Strome will be a key for them. Um, if he can be like a solid player for them, I think you know, he, 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 it's a different team we're looking no at. No doubt about it. He has to be. Yeah, we're looking at a different team then. Um, also, uh, t- like I, f- this kind of team reminds me of the, like the Buffalo Sabres where I feel like, you know, we yeah. say this every year where it's like, they have to be better than last year. Right. And then like, yeah. there's so much potential. It's just, we're waiting and waiting and waiting to, to see it. Uh, the good news and, is, and, and while, and while, while we're talking about the Sabres, that's, you brought up another point that I wanted to mention in the sense that Buffalo like they are in this year. You look at the top three teams in their division, there's no way they're catching them. Right. So they basically have to joust for their life to, to get a wild card spot. True. So that's that's the kind of problem that Arizona is in. Like They might yep. be a much better team this year, but they might not be a playoff team because a lot of other good teams are standing in their way. True. And that inexperience might cost them down the road. So, yeah, possibly. Um, I think they're in the exact same position as the Sabres are this year. But having said that, they do have Clayton Keller, who uh, had 65 points on in 82 games on a bad team. Uh, Stepan had 56 points on in 82 games. That's like that's not bad. Um, yeah. Uh, Jacob Chikrin, although he was he's he's still injured, but in uh, he had like a he's he's a he's a little sneaky fantasy hockey guy. He had like seventy-seven 
hits and 72 blocks um, in 50 games and 102 shots on goal. Um, his points are his point totals aren't there yet, but he has very good peripherals. So that's he's he's still injured for a bit, but uh, just uh, keep an eye on him. Um, he's a little bit of an X factor there. Uh, but um, but yeah, so like the, they they do have some guys um, who could like be interesting, and that's kind of why I feel like they're like Buffalo because they have you know Keller, uh, Dvorak. Uh, Perlini, I just mentioned Chikrin, Strom could be something, and, you know, the same could be said for Buffalo with Eichel, Reinhardt, uh, Middlestad, um, Dolan now, so it's, it's, it's going to be an interesting, uh, mix of, of guys, uh, that could, could be something, um, every now and then, but, um, yeah, the... So let's go on to the next team, Calgary. They made some moves this year, uh, too. Uh, they added, well, first off, they added uh, Bill Peters, their coach, um, who is the Carolina coach. Uh, James Neal, Elias, I only mentioned that because they uh, traded with the Hurricanes um, because they got Elias Lindholm and Noah Hannafin and Derek Ryan. So they still have the same coach now, but just on a different team. Uh, notable subtractions, though, Dougie Hamilton and Michael Furland. Uh, rookies to watch are uh, Rasmus Anderson and Dylan Dubé, who it looks like he just made the team. Um, they, the Calgary Flames went uh, 37, 35, and 10. That puts them at 84 points. Uh, their leading goal scorer... Hold on, give me one second for this page to load. Uh, Johnny Gaudreau um, was uh, he had 84 points in 80 games. Uh, then you have Sean Monahan who had 64 points in 74 games. Matt Ukachuk, who was uh, who was injured towards the end of the season, but he still he still was decent with uh, 49 points in 68 games. Michael Backlund had 45 points in 82 games, and then. Um, yeah, uh, I think that's the only ones of note. Uh, Mike Smith went 25-22-6. and six. He had a 9-16 save percentage and a GAA of 2.65 um, in 55 games. And that's really when it felt like uh, the, uh, the Flames fell apart, was when Mike Smith got injured, then everything else kind of fell apart. Because then you have John yeah. Gillies in, who went 3-5-1. Um, with an eight nine six eight percentage, and then you had Dave, David Riddick who went eight six and three um, with a nine oh four save percentage, and Eddie Lack even played for a bit for four games, and he he was terrible too. He had an eight thirteen save percentage, and he went one and two. Um, so, like it's uh, yeah. So I I think that's a big concern for them is their goaltending, and if Mike Smith can be healthy. Great, um, and I'm not necessarily sure. And then if like Noah Hannafin can be can replace Dougie Hamilton, that's going to be another thing. Um, but like you know, the good news is that they still have Johnny Gaudreau, they still have Sean Manahan, and they still have Matthew Kachuk. So, um, so they have a lot of things going for them in that regard. But it's still like their big concerns are their goaltending. 
and like who's gonna? I feel like Dougie Hamilton's gonna be hard to replace. Um, and mm-hmm. so, who's gonna step up? Is that gonna be Noah Hannafin? Is that gonna be T.J. Brody? Maybe is that you know they do have Mark Giordano, but like he's you know he's pretty old. So it's like who what who's gonna be in their back end? Um, to be that defensive guy that Dougie Hamilton was for them. Um, and uh, maybe it's going to be Rasmus Anderson. Maybe. Who knows? So, Yeah, this this team definitely goes without saying in June, July, and August. They kind of shook up their roster. Um, the Hannafin and Lindholm acquisitions, and later on they re-signed both of them. Mm-hmm. Um, the, that acquisition uh, in exchange for Dougie Hamilton and Mikhail Furland uh, is – it's, it's going to be interesting to see how uh, those two pan out in Calgary. But, you know, they get guys like Austin Zarnick, Buddy Robinson, Derek Ryan, Alan Quine, Tyler Grayovac, and, of course, James the Real Deal Neal. So oh, yeah, uh, they definitely added a lot of depth to their offense. But the only piece that has changed from their core is Dougie Hamilton. Everyone else is about the exact same position. Right. And Mike Smith, hopefully in his case, he's a little bit healthier than he was last year because – in order for Calgary to hope to get anywhere with a young goalie backing him up, Mike Smith has got to be Mike Smith. He needs to be playing at his best. Right. Um, the good news is that I think the mindset is there. Everyone seems pretty hungry to make it back to the playoffs, and that's well and good. But um, you look at what how much this roster has changed from a depth perspective, like Troy Brower who's supposed to be one of their vets, gets bought out midway through the offseason. Um, you look at Calgary right now as a team. The young guys like Curtis Lazar, the young guys like maybe even Dylan Dubay, um, those are the guys that need to take on the leadership role with this team. And I think that includes double for Chuck, who with Furland now off the top line, this is probably going to be his chance to play on the line with Monaghan and Goudreau. He needs to seize that opportunity. And you also look at some of the guys they brought in on PTOs. Like at the start of training camp, they had nine or ten guys on PTOs. So, um, by the way, for those of you who are wondering, what's a PTO? It's a professional tryout. So they can release you from a professional tryout if they don't like what they see, or they can sign you on like a one-year deal or something if they like you that much. And, and that's happened in a couple of cases, but... More often than not, the PTOs get released. So it's not like the Flames weren't looking at options. They had plenty of options to start the regular season. Um, The question is, are these options going to fit in with the current vision of this team right now? And that's what I'm wondering. What's that vision going to be? Because as you alluded to, Bill Peters is in as head coach. Glenn Gullitson obviously out. He was dismissed at the year's end. Um, and he's got a lot of knowledge with the Carolina Hurricanes players that Calgary got, which was about at least three, maybe four or five. Right. So it, it, I think the Flames have a respectable team, but again, with all of the other good teams in this division, um, I don't know if they're a playoff team, especially considering they're going to have to get used to a new coach, maybe a new system. And even though the players are relatively the same, um, or or should I say the core players are relatively the same, um, are they still good enough to be considered a playoff team? 
That's a tough question to answer right now. Um, I, you said that Matthew Kachuk is going to play with Gaudreau and Monaghan. That's not I, true. I think he's going to have a chance to play with Gaudreau and Monaghan on the top uh, that, line. That doesn't make sense because Kachuk is a left winger and so is Gaudreau. And, uh, well... Oh yeah, that's true. Well, they they could um, they could experiment and put him on a on a different I guess um, they could. position though. But, like, I mean, like they they like look at what Philly did. They took true. Drew off a of center, put him on the wing, and he tore it up. Well, well, yeah, but that's a little different. But okay, but like they still when you get a guy like Elias Lindholm, or especially when you get a guy like James Neal, who are both naturally right wingers, I think <laughs> I think you would rather have those guys. Um, on right wing, and then you True, have to chuck I, on a different. I, I'm, I'm just saying, you know, they've been experimenting with a lot of things in Calgary. You know, uh, why why not give Mac a chuck a shot just to see what he could do? I'm not saying they're going to do it, but I'm I'm saying that's an option that I think the Flames could consider down the road because at the end of the day, I, I think with the with the guys like Monahan and Goudreau, those guys I would think thrive on speed. Right. Um, just just like McDavid thrives on speed in Edmonton, and you need guys that can play with Monahan and Gaudreau. Right. And it, <laughs> you look at a guy like Mikhail Furlan, who you don't really normally see as a guy who gets top line minutes. He was playing. with No, them. I know, but like, so but like if, that's if why Furlan you get can, a. If Furlan can play with them, uh, I'm not. I'm not so sure why Matt Kachuk can. Right, but the the reason why the only reason I understand your logic there, the only reason why I'm saying it's not possible is that Matt is a left winger. Yeah. So if and you changes, get a guy like Elias Lindholm and James Neal in the off season, those guys are right wingers or have played on the right wing the in their careers. So it makes more sense to have guys who are more used to playing on the right wing on, in that spot. Rather than force Matthew Kachuk to be on the on the right wing when he's he's perfectly fine on the left wing, I mean, sure, it's, sure, it's annoying to have Goudreau and Kachuk both be left wingers, but that's going to be a you know that's 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 the price you pay, I guess. I, I I guess I guess it depends on how the lineups go and the chemistry of everyone. If right. if 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 there's chemistry with Kachuk in a different position and him on the top line I think they go out and experiment with that and see what they can get out of it but True. Um, uh, from a positional standpoint then yeah they probably give it to Elias Lindholm or James Neal but yep. I I wouldn't be surprised if they if they try Kachuk on the top line at least yep. once this year just like, to see what would happen yeah but or maybe like we'll put him on a power play or something yeah I could see that yeah happening. exactly or, or put him on a top power play yeah, yeah. yeah I could I could see that too Okay, I, I do get your logic in terms of, like, just in terms of upside and talent level. Yeah, you would probably want Kachuk with uh, Monaghan and Gaudreau. But uh, from a positional standpoint, I don't think it makes sense. Um, yeah, maybe, maybe a top power play line would make more sense, but yeah, we'll, right. we'll see. Like like I said, I, I don't know how Bill Peters likes his team, so right, we'll, 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 uh, see. we'll soon find out. We uh, know he likes Elias Lindholm enough to, uh, I guess, maybe, do you think he had a say in that trade? He's like, I need Elias Noah Lindholm? Hannafin and Elias Lindholm and Derek Ryan. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I wonder if he had a say. You know what, I... I'm not quite sure. It, maybe it wouldn't surprise me if they like Bill Peters that much. Maybe, right. especially considering that 
you know, out of Carolina and Calgary, which team would they like to go to the playoffs with? I think a lot of, I think every single one of them would choose Calgary. Right. Because Calgary's in the best position, but. True. And that, and James Neal might be something, although he didn't really get a boost out of playing for Vegas, but. Um, yeah, I, don't know. I think I think that's another thing that could determine where Makachuk plays because yep. you know they're paying James Neal to put up points, so right. they need to put him on the best line that can do that. And if it's the top line, then James Neal's got to play in the top line. True. All right, we now go on to Edmonton. Um, but yeah, no, I'm in agreement for you to just uh, end this Calgary segment. I'm I'm in agreement. I think <laughs> they did. They did make some moves, but I don't think it was enough to be to like put them over the edge. Yeah, um, Cer- certainly. Uh, and you said uh, the hockey news ranked them tops. In... They said that they were going to win the division. Yes. Yeah, and that was before the Carlson trade. That was before the Carlson trade that... and before the Pacioretty trade. Yes. Yeah. Did you did you think that was realistic before those two trades? I did not know. Yeah, neither did I. <laughs> Uh, Edmonton, uh, they, uh, they took a, speaking of taking step backs, uh, they, um, they took a huge step back last year, like the year before, you know, I think you predicted them to win the Stanley Cup or something like that. No, no, I predicted them to be in the Western Conference Finals, they would lose to That's Nashville, right. but I predicted they'd be in I the I thought Western you had Conference them in the Stanley Cup so Finals they, they, they didn't even make the playoffs that year. I thought you had them in the Stanley Cup Finals, at least. No, Maybe. I remember, if I remember vividly, Toronto and Nashville was my pick, and I picked Nashville to win the whole thing, because Subban was going to get a cup. Sure you did. No, I don't know. <laughs> I thought I thought you had Edmonton and Toronto in the Stanley Cup Finals. No, year, but... I, I, had, I had Edmonton Nashville in the Western Conference Final, okay. and, I, and I said it was going to be a tough call, but I think Nashville would win. If it makes you feel better, I don't even remember what I had. Um, so, uh, I had, um, so yeah, so Edmonton, they went, uh, they were 36, 40 and six, uh, that puts them at fifth place, um, in the division. Uh, Connor McDavid, of course, led the team. Um, he had 108 points in 82 games. Um, Leon Drysettle had 70 points. Um, and then the next closest guy was Ryan Nugent Hopkins, who had 48 points. I guess I could go down this list, but it's like it's just a bunch of like, oh god, like really this guy had a terrible team uh, season. Uh, like uh, I get fine. I guess I should do it. <laughs> Ryan Strom had 34 points. Milan Lucic also had 34 points in a full season. Uh, Darnell Nurse, uh, kind of a bright side at least. Uh, he had 26 points in 82 games. Oscar Kleffbaum, who, who was injured for a bit, but uh, when he was healthy, he had 21 points in 66 games. Chris Russell actually wasn't terrible. He had 21 points in 78 games. Um, not great, but not terrible. Um, and then, um, oh, and I guess Ty Ratty, who's the new hot thing now, um, he had 9 points in 14 games, but he had a really good... Um, he had a really good preseason, and it looks like he's going to be on the top line this year uh, to start the season uh, because of that preseason stuff. So notable additions: they added Tobias Reeder, uh, they added Miko Koskinen, who, uh, by the way, he has a no trade clause, 
Um, and they also added Kyle Brodziak. Um, notable subtractions are uh, Laurent Brossois. Um, rookies to watch, uh, they do have Ty Ratty, um, as I just mentioned. Kyler Yamamoto is another one to look out for. He may make some noise um, at the beginning and may stick. Um, Ethan Bear is another rookie to look out for. And maybe Evan Bouchard may make the team. Um, I think at the moment he... Oh, it says that he has made the team. Um, so maybe he'll he'll be like a first nine games kind of thing. But yeah, the uh, the... Because of the Oilers' cap situation, with uh, this is going to be the first year where with uh, Drysaddle and McDavid's cap hits are um, you know where they can't really make a ton of moves. So this is where the first evidence of like okay, they can't really make much moves because you know they can't they're kind of restricted in cap space because you know they gave a lot of money to Milan Lucic. Um, and they gave a lot of money to uh, Leon Dreisaitl, and, and uh, um, I think Chris Russell was another one who's being paid a lot. So it's like gonna be a, it's like a little bit of a interesting move there. Um, but then uh, before I let you go, uh, uh, Cam Talbot had uh, was 31, 31 and three. He had a 908 save percentage and a 3.02 GAA. So he kind of got tired after last the season beforehand where he was really dominant, but now it seems like he kind of came back to earth this year. So Yeah, so you said you said he had a 31 season, but he also had 31 losses. That's what I said, yeah. Yeah, so that just goes to show you how much they overused him even in a year where they weren't going anywhere. True. Yeah, no, that's a good point. Um so so but it does make it um yeah, I don't know. I don't know what to make of Edmonton because it's like hard to count them out when you have the best player in the league um, yeah. on your team in McDavid. But at the same time, it's like, like, is this team ever going to like? And you have guys like Jesse Puljujarvi, Kellyer Yamamoto, uh, Ty Ratty, who could all be something. Um, but it's like it's all like, but. Will they? This is Edmonton we're talking about, you know? So, um, and, like, Clefbaum um, was injured. He needs to be better um, than he was last year. Cam Talbot also needs to be better, but you're you're right that they're, they kind of overused him for the second time in a row. So that is an interesting aspect of things where you're, like, um, like you want to say that they're going to be good, but it's, like, very, very cautiously I'm saying that. <laughs> yeah, I think a lot of people are saying, oh, with the current team, you know, they didn't really make the playoffs last year, so why should we expect them to make the playoffs right. this year? But we should also mention that this is roughly the same team that made the playoffs two years ago and almost went to the Western Conference Finals. So True. I guess it could go so many ways to the Edmonton Oilers. The good news is I like what they did with the Oilers. They kept their core. They're just like, okay, you know, it wasn't your year. We're going to give you another shot. 
We added some depth pieces. I like the fact they got Kyle Brodziak. I love the fact they got some speed into Tobias Reader um, on the bottom six. I think bottom six depth is what they were lacking last year. Kevin Gravel also adds to their defense, too. Uh, they kept Matt Benning around. They kept uh, Drake Kagula around uh, in the picture on new contracts as well. Maybe Miko Koskinen um, provides more stable goaltending behind Cam Talbot. We'll see. Um, and and the fact that they had Glenn Gullitson on the on the coaching staff, another head coaching mind who was with their Alberta rival the year before, maybe that kind of adds to a recipe for making the playoffs again. But um, we like let's face facts. Connor McDavid is going to perform. He's going to be Connor McDavid regardless of how good or how bad the team is. I think the same can be said for Leon Dreisaitl as well. But two guys, in my opinion, that are going to be interesting to watch. And Milan Lucic is, is of course, you know, another name. Can Milan Lucic bounce yep. back? Um, is Cam Talbot going to be good? Is, I, once again, is he going to be back to his old self? Is Darnell Nurse going to take that next step? become a top-four defenseman, especially with Sakara out for multiple months. Right. Um, the two guys that I'm really looking to are Ty Ratty and Ryan Nugent Hopkins because we were talking about, okay, these guys can perform with Connor McDavid. So who are they going to put on the top line? Are they going to are they going to put Nugent Hopkins on the top line or are they going to put Ratty on the top line? Yep. And if they do that for a full season, what can they do for this team? And if they can be 50 to 60 point guys, this team is going to be hell dangerous for this, for this year. So, um, I, I think, I think it's going to be the second line guys, how those guys perform. That's going to determine whether or not the Oilers are a playoff team. Yeah, I think so. I'm also curious to see how guys like Collier Yamamoto and, uh, Jesse Pugliarvi, are, yeah, Pooley Arby's another one too. Yeah, um, are going to do because they have to step up as well. Um, um, so I, I'm curious to see how they're they're going to uh, manage that. Um, let's go. Uh, but yeah, no, I, I I don't think this is a playoff team. But like, I feel like they're just a mess. Um, but it's it, but you're right. It's like a, like guys like Cam Talbot, Clefbaum. Maybe Darnell Nurse, uh, Nugent Hopkins, Ty Ratty, they all have to step up. But, like, they all have yeah, to. Yeah, if, keep... if, if their team defense isn't up to snuff, they're, yeah. they're in a tough spot. Basically, everyone has to keep up with Connor McDavid, but Connor McDavid is Connor McDavid. So that's a, t- yeah. that's a tall order. Um, let's go to the LA Kings here. Uh, they went uh, 45, 29, and 8. Uh, they just made the playoffs. Um, their leading scorer was Anze Kopitar, who had 92 points in 82 games. Uh, Dustin Brown, who looks like he has a finger injury and is out indefinitely, but he had 61 points in 81 games. You had Drew Doughty, who had 60 points in 82 games. Um, Tyler Toffoli had 47 points in 82 games. Jake Muzzin had a decent year with 42 points in 74 games. Um, and then you have uh, Jonathan Quick, who uh, had a pretty decent year. He had uh, 33, he went 33, 28, and 3. He had a 921 save percentage and a 
uh, O-G-A-A. So um, there's that. Um, in terms of additions and subtractions, uh, they added Ilya Kovalchuk. Uh, they added Peter Budai, um, but they subtracted Tobias Reeder. Um, there aren't really any rookies to watch out for. I guess Derek Forbort, I guess, if people are excited about him, but <laughs> that's about it. Um, yeah, the Kings are kind of like... I am curious to see how this Ilya Kovalchuk experiment is gonna gonna work out for them because it like I could see it being something like like a Radulov type situation where like he comes back um, in from the KHL and you know he starts to take it by storm after like when he returns or it could be like something like um, I don't know I'm trying to think of a KHL experiment that went wrong. Maybe Shipachev is another one where I, like something like where he like is just too like the game's gotten so fast since he left. Um, it was like five years ago when we last saw him in the NHL. So I am curious to see if he's had if he's lost a step or not um, in the in these five last five years or so. Um, he didn't do too badly in the KHL, but um, but I am I am curious. Like, I feel like this is going to be an X factor to see if Ilya Kovalchuk will be serviceable at least for the Kings. Yeah, I <laughs> the fact that uh, he's thirty five years old is another thing. But how this game has changed in the five years he's been away. That was something that I was thinking, too, when I was writing uh, down my notes for the season preview. I thought, you know, how, how is he going to adapt to the NHL five years later after being five years away from the league? Because, you know, it's one thing to put up point-of-game numbers in any league. But if you're away from a certain league for so long, especially considering this is probably the highest level of hockey, um, <laughs> yeah, it's it's. I think it's going to be a bit of an adjustment, especially, it, like, for Shipachev's case, like, it, I, I guess, I guess it's a bit easier for Goldchuk because I guess if you played in the league before, you kind of know what to expect. But at the same time, if you've been away from it for so long, I guess it's kind of you. You wonder how much different it is from never playing in the league at all to just going right into it yep. and learning on the fly. So um, it, it'll be interesting to see. You're right how he handles that, but um, outside of Goldchuk. You know, if 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 he can score like thirty goals, I'm sure the LA Kings are happily going to take that. They're not yeah, expecting Anelia Kovalchuk to score like ninety or hundred points. I think thirty goals and sixty points would be realistic for Kovalchuk at this age. Um, I think he can still score in the power play, which they need. Um, and and I think if Kovalchuk is producing, that means less pressure for Tanner Pearson, less pressure for Tyler Toffoli. They can play on a different line that maybe. Maybe they take their games to a next level under less pressure um, instead of just going out and, and and rushing things a little bit. I right. think it's important for guys like Pearson and Toffoli to just slowly continue to develop. And while you did mention they lost quite a few death guys, um, none of them can do what Kolachuk does. So I think it was worth losing those death guys to oh. go out and get a caliber player like Kolachuk. But... Um. Again, like I said, 
before. This is a very tight division. This is a very tight league in general. And while their only threat might be the Sharks right now, as far as California teams go, Calgary and Edmonton, like I said, you know, we can't we can't sleep on those teams right now yep. because um, other than Kovalchuk, the only thing the LA Kings really did was re-sign Drew Doughty. That's that's pretty much their two noteworthy decisions: yep. sign Kovalchuk and re-sign Doughty. Other than that, they didn't really improve their team besides Kovalchuk. So oh, yeah. um, they're still going to rely on Jonathan Quick. Their defense is still going to have to be good. Behind Jonathan Quick, we don't really know what you have, so you're probably going to rely on Jonathan Quick even more in that case. And even with adding Kovalchuk, you look at uh, what the Kings were able to do in the playoffs against the King uh, uh, against uh, the Vegas Golden Knights. Uh, they got swept in four games, and they could barely score to save their life, much like the Ducks. So, right. um, yeah, how much of an offensive impact, even if Kovalchuk has? Even if he even if he does well, how much of an offensive impact, how much of a game changer is that going to be? Because they had Kopitar um, have a Hart Trophy nominee season, and they still did that against the Vegas Golden Knights. They did barely much of anything, right. and you're still going to rely on Dustin Brown to have the kind of numbers that he did. Well, he's injured. Ugh, I that's not something that's not something I'm betting money on. Well, Dustin Brown is injured to start the year, so I don't know how much how much they're gonna yeah. have to. If if his thing if his fingers are gonna be like Bobby Ryan's, yeah. um, it's gonna be a tough year for Dustin Brown True. because uh, if there's one thing you remember about Bobby Ryan is it's not just one hand injury, it's not one hand injury, it's two or three or four or five in a year. Right, right. Uh, I should mention. I forgot to mention too. Another X factor here is Jeff Carter. Um, he came back from injury towards the end of the season. Yeah, his health is going to be another question yeah. too. Thank you. But he, uh, but he was really good when he was healthy. Um, he had 22 points in 27 games, and 13 goal, 13 of those points were goals. So, um, so I think like he's another X factor where it's like if he can get going, if Kopitar can get going, and Kovalchuk can get um, can be a, like a serviceable guy. I think then you you kind of have a a strong team there, especially when you have a guy like Dowdy and Quick on the back end of things. So, um, so yeah, I I think they could could make some noise. I don't think they're as good as the Sharks or the Knights are um, in this division, but I think they are up there. Um, you know what I find kind of funny? What is that? Kovalchuk is now playing for the Kings, the team that beat his Devils in the 2012 Stanley Cup oh, Finals. And not long after that, he retired from New Jersey, and now he's playing against the team that beat New Jersey. That is funny. Uh, so, uh, oh, and also I found that, uh, so I was looking up how Kovalchuk did in the KHL last year. He did. So you were saying that like if he can put up 60 points and 30 goals, well, that's what he did in the KHL <laughs> last year. He had 31 goals, 32 assists, and 63 points in 53 games in the KHL. So he's still he still has something at least, but it's just we don't know if the speed is still the same and and all that stuff. So uh, just the transition from from that. Uh, so next up we have are the San Jose Sharks. Um, I think uh, Steve knows who they added, um, but. 
really, that's the only notable addition was uh, Eric Carlson. Uh, they did, they didn't, and they didn't even lose that many of their core players. Uh, they uh, lost, although they did lose uh, Chris Tierney, who was a decent depth guy for them. Uh, Dylan DeMello, who's another decent depth guy for them. Um, Michael Boddicker as well through the uh, Mike Hoffman trade. And they also lost uh, Yannick Hansen as well. Um, so, so Joel Ward as well is another guy that's oh, not Joel back. Oh, Joel Ward. I didn't, I didn't mention him, but that is a good one. Um, and then, um, so, but like three of those guys are now on the Senators. Um, and, um, and then some rookies to watch. Uh, Anti Sumelo. Um, is one of those. Uh, he impressed in preseason. I don't know how long it's going to last, but right now it looks like he's going to be like the third-line center for them. Um, of course, the big news is that they added Eric Carlson. But first, uh, so just keep that in mind when I tell you these stats here, because they're a good team even without Eric Carlson. Um, they went 45, 27, and 10. They, uh, Brent Burns was their leading scorer with, uh, 67 points. They had, uh, Joe Pavelski had 66 points. Logan Couture had 61 points. Thomas Hurdle, um, had 46 points. Um, Chris Tierney, I guess he, he, now that he's no longer on the team, but he had 40 points in 82 games. Uh, Kevin LeBlanc had 40 points in 77 games. Um, Mark Edward Vlasic had 32 points in 81 games. Um, and then you have a goalie, um, in Martin Jones who went 30, 22 and six with a save percentage of 915 and a a GAA of 2.55. Um, Aaron Dell also was decent, um, when he went 15, five and four with a 9.14 save percentage and then 2.64 GAA. Uh, so, of course, Eric Carlson helps them a lot, especially when they have they already have an, another Norris Trophy winner in Brent Burns. Um, I believe Eric Carlson and Burns have won the Norris Trophy the last three years. Is that right? I think you would know that. Sorry, what? Uh, Burns and Carlson have combined for the last three Carl, uh, Norris Trophy wins, right? Oh no, Hedman won last year. Never mind. Hedman won last year. But uh, but Carlson but has both, both defensemen have a, have a Norris to their name. You're right. Right. Um. So you have two Norris uh p- players on the team, and then you have a lot of guys up front. Uh, I didn't even mention Joe Thornton's on the team still. Um, he had 36 points in 47 games. He was just injured towards the end of the season. Um, and, uh, so like, so like this is, so like this Air Carlson trade, like they missed out on Tavares. They missed out on Ilya Kovalchuk because those were like the biggest sweepstakes. So, so then they're like, all right, what do we do now? Like, I guess we we don't necessarily need Eric Carlson, but, it, you know, the Golden Knights got Patches, the uh, the Kings got Kovalchuk, I guess we have to make a move, and they went out and got Eric Carlson. Um, and then, you know, they have a strong, and uh, Joe Pavelski isn't getting any younger, 
Thornton, of course, isn't getting any younger. This is probably his last year. Um, so it's like, so that trade was definitely their move to be like, okay, we're going, we're going all in right now. Um, and, and that works. My only big concern for them is, oh, I forgot to mention that Vander Kane had 14 points in 17 games, so he's going to be a big contributor there too. Uh, but uh, Martin Jones, I am a little bit concerned about Martin Jones, um, where he has a 915 and a 2.55 GAA. What is it with you and Martin Jones? Is it trust issues? Yeah, it's more just, like, I feel like he could be better. I like how you like everything about San Jose, and then you're just like, I just have questions with Martin Jones. I do. That that is a big concern for me. It's like... (laughs) I, I I don't know. It's like yes, he he does have a winning record, um, and you know two point five five GAA isn't bad, but a ninth fifteen save percentage. I don't know, and especially when you it's have not, like it's not over the moon excited. I want this guy on my team, but look at look at round one against Edmonton in twenty seventeen. Right. But Martin like you Jones have, was a huge reason why the Sharks were even in that series. Uh, I don't know, but like you also have like. But like you have, when you have a defenseman like uh, Brent Burns, Mark Edward Vlasic, Dylan like Dil- uh, Brandon Dillon, uh, Justin Braun, who's also a little underrated, like those are defensive guys, and you still can't get like to nine twenty save percentage. That's I don't know. That's that's I feel like he needs to be better than that. So I mean, like of course Eric Carlson's going to help them, like a you know. Because you know he is another defenseman for them, but I'm just saying that I I feel like um, he has to perform a little bit better. Like he's not Jake Allen bad, but concern level of concern. But I am a little bit concerned about Martin Jones. Yeah, well, I, I forgot guess I'm not- dealing with Sharks fanboy uh, Steve <laughs> now. <laughs> Jeez, I thought you, you, you made you, it okay, seem like I, I like I, murdered your your family or something. I'm pledging allegiance. I think it's the best thing ever that they include the Baby Shark theme song into their whole ensemble there. It's like they're pushing all the right buttons. They've won my heart. Especially when my team is doing every single thing they can to rip it out of my entire body. So I guess guess the Sharks are my second favorite team now. And I've said it before. No, I I know. I'm I'm, I'm embracing my inner San Jose Shark. Okay, 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 okay. But now it's but, your turn. I, I, I'm done I, talking. I, I, I made my point. I, I just respect what the Sharks have been doing because, like you said, they've re-signed Evander Kane. they re-signed Logan Couture. they re-signed Thomas Hurdle. In 2017, they did the same with Martin Jones, my favorite goalie, and Mark Edward Vlasic. <laughs> um, they're gearing themselves up for competition. And, and they were they, – back then – before they made this Eric Carlson trade, I consider them a playoff team. I didn't consider them a cup contender. But then they go out and they get Carlson. Carlson's going to be paired up with Flasic. Burns is going to be on the top defensive pairing, right? Yep, probably. Although so I think dealing, they're both. Dealing, I, I, no, they're both right-handed defensemen. Yeah, so they can't be on the ice at the same time, which right. is even scarier because if you're not dealing with one, you're dealing with another Norris Trophy defenseman. Yep. And Vlasic, on one of the pairings, who's one of 
the most underrated shot, uh, shutdown defenseman that we've seen. Yeah, it's true. So you look at what they have been able to do. A lot of team they've gone from a team that's chasing everyone else to a team where everyone's like, okay, we got to watch out for these guys now. Yep. Like there's a lot of buzz surrounding Joe Thornton. This, this is probably Joe Thornton's best chance to win a Stanley Cup right yeah, here, right now. I agree. I, I think the Sharks are Stanley Cup frontrunners. I buy every single ounce of that hype because you look at what Eric Carlson was able to do last year on a bad Ottawa team. He still got 62 points when his ankle wasn't 110%. Now he says that ankle is feeling better than it's ever been. And now you put on a good team with good players. Imagine what Eric Carlson is going to do this year. So I, I think I think this is going to be a game-changing trade on top of what uh, Vander Kane was able to bring in the short time he was there last year. I really, really, really expect big things from the Sharks this year. I think the Sharks are probably I, – I, I wouldn't say they're tops in the West, but I, they're, they're a huge frontrunner to win this division. Major Yeah, yeah I, th- I agree with you there. I think they I will win the division. If there is one weakness, though, I think they thrive on speed a bit too much. Sometimes you can't keep up with the play. Sometimes passes can be rushed. We saw that with – um, Vegas in round two, game six, where their passes were pretty rushed and they they weren't very fluid with the puck, and that that kind of play often leads to turnovers. So, I think the Sharks need to play a wise game, but I also think they can compromise what makes them good. Yep. I think they need to find that rhythm, and if they're able to find that rhythm, this team is going to be very dangerous. Yeah, I, I think it'll be interesting to see how Eric Carlson meshes with the rest of the team. Um, also, if Evander Kane can continue to be as good as he was uh, when he joined the Sharks. Ken, after he, had the over, he had over 200 shots on goal on a Sabres team that wasn't really going anywhere. Right, well, I mean, it's, that's shots on goal. But, like, I, I'm just... It's still pretty good, though. No, no, I, I'm, not, I'm not, like, saying that he's bad or anything. I'm just saying, like, I, I don't know... Um, if he can be like, I, I'm just like in terms of consistency, um, like yeah. that was his best year. Um, yeah. but I, I, I don't, I just, I want to see if I want to see more out of him, especially okay. since he, he also has injury history too. So, um, yeah, yeah so that's I, true. So I, I, I'll be curious to see how, um, he does in that, in that regard. But yeah, no, you're right. In terms of like up front, they're, they're, definitely um one of them they're definitely an elite team um especially like you were saying like you know you have you have to deal with Brent Burns um and Eric Carlson on on the defensive side of things but like on the offensive side of things you still have to deal with Mark Edward Vlasic who's like one of the most underrated shutdown guys in the league um if not the best uh, defensive guy. I think people know that he's a, he's a very good defenseman. Um, so it's like you have three like top notch defensemen, um, and one of them does like something that's even ri- like two that do rare things that are basically like they're like Burns and Carlson are basically like forwards just with the amount of points they put up. And then you have 
Vlasic, who's like on the other end, who's just like amazing on the defensive side of things. So, um, and he, and he had 32 points last year. So he has some offensive upside as well. So it's like, so their defense is definitely like the top in the league. Um, it's just, uh, yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm going to say it again. I, I, for fear of you, uh, wanting to kill me, uh, I, I do worry about Martin Jones, um, and the consistency of Evander Kane, but that, and, and what are they going to do with Joe Pavelski? Um, if he's going to be like, can he bounce back or can he, um, what are they going to do with him? But I think other, that, that that is probably going to be a big concern, yeah. though, is is how much does Joe Pavelski have left in the tank? Because this could be his final year with San Jose. Right. If they're going to keep Carlson, it might very well be his final year. Exactly. And I'm going into this season knowing fully well that this could be Joe Pavelski's final season with the Sharks, just based on the fact that if they're going to keep Carlson the, and keeping all of the other players uh, intact, yeah. Um, they can't afford to re-sign somebody. And I think either Joe Pavelski or Joe Thornton are going to have to be the sacrificial lamb for that to happen. Well, I have a feeling, on, I have a feeling on this another is note, Thornton's I, I got some, um, I don't know if you have uh, had this in America, but Tim Hortons has unleashed uh, these NHL trading cards. And they go on for about a month. And I just wanted to check to see if I got any Sharks cards in this pack. I did not. But I can't confirm that some of these are pretty outdated because um, I got a couple of days ago a Noah Hannafin card, and they had him in Hurricanes attire. That's funny. Which means Eric Carlson will be in a sentence jersey. Oh, nice. Because the yeah. Hannafin trade happened in June. They don't have uh, Tim Hortons in Boston, at least. But they, I oh, have they don't? Them. Okay. But I have I heard of they, them. I think they have them in New York, though. I'm pretty sure in the might, big yeah. cities they do. Um, like New, New York and L.A. probably, yeah. I would think. Um, and I, think uh, I lost my train of thought. Well, I feel like... Oh, okay. Yeah, no, I do know. But I feel like because of this Joe Pavelski situation um, and the need to sign Eric Carlson uh, long-term, I feel like they need... They like it's Stanley Cup or bust for them, um, yeah. especially with uh, Joe Thornton. Probably he's like forty years old right now, so he's probably going to retire um, sometime. <laughs> like this might be his last year, especially with his knee injuries and stuff. So, um, so I I would I have a feeling that this could be like this was their move to be like, all right, we're going all in. We have Evander Kane, we have Eric Carlson. We have all these other guys. We're going all. We may suck for the rest of the year, for upcoming years, but you know this is this is our shot. So I do respect it in that regard. Um, if that's going to happen, I'm not sure. Um, Vancouver is the next team we're talking about. Uh, I know, thrilling team. They uh, they went 31, 40, and 11. Uh, they also, um, hold on, I was still on the Sharks page here, um, they, uh, they don't have, I mean, Daniel Sedin was their top, um, point getter, um, with 55 points, but then Brock Besser, uh, <laughs> had, he played 20 less games, 
Um, and he still had the same point totals as this uh, Daniel Sedin did. Um, he had 55 points in 62 games. Henrik Sedin, who also retired, they uh, they had he had 50 points in 82 games. Bo Horvat, who was injured for 20 20 games or so, they they had uh, he had 44 points in 64 games. And um, I guess the only one of note. Uh, that should be of note, is uh, Alex Edler had 34 points in 70 games. Um, and then on in goal, you have Jacob Markstrom, who went 23, 26, and 7 with a save percentage of 9-12 and a 2.71 GAA. Um, it looks like Thatcher Demko did actually play one game, um, but I, I would imagine he's going to stay down for the, mm-hmm. um, for the entire year because it doesn't make sense. Um, uh, anyways, their notable additions, what doesn't make sense, is they got Jay Beagle, Antoine Roussel, and Tim Schaller. Um, what, I mean, those guys are... You, you, you want to know what the crazy part of that is? What? A few days ago, they placed Sam Gagne on waivers. Oh, a I saw that too. after signing him to a three-year deal. That is nuts, yeah. So, so they signed those three vets, and they waived Sam Gagne. That is nuts, yeah. Uh, notable subtractions, I just alluded to it, but they lost the Sedines, they retired. Um, yeah. Sam Gagne is another one. Um, but some exciting rookies to watch out for um, is uh, Elias Pettersson, um, who a lot of people are saying that is the likely candidate to be the Calder Trophy winner. Um, the thing that... So, some of the plays that he made, yeah. uh, there was one game against the Kings where he made this unreal pass. Yeah, I know. He like, went behind the back. I'm like, you know, it's, it's so strange that, like, is that, you know, as a Bruins fan, I feel like I have, like, a love-hate relationship with the Canucks. But I got to say, I think I might, like, Elias Pettersson might be, like, my favorite player. He keeps on would putting you, those... Would you buy a Canucks jersey with Pettersson's name on the back? Uh, not yet, but uh, I might. I might. <laughs> I would consider uh, it, yes. Out of all the Vancouver players, though, you yeah. would buy a Pettersson jersey if uh, you No, I, I do like that Brock Besser is... I, lo- I love all American players, so I, I, I would... Pro- if I had to get a jersey of a Vancouver Canuck player, it would probably be Besser. Um, but anyways, my point okay. was... My point was more that like, like I do, like after twenty eleven, like things you know that series was very heated. So, um, and even still, but so, your team won, so you shouldn't be right. that mad. Exactly, I'm I'm not that mad. It's like it it was like you're sort more of, mad at Burroughs probably yeah. more than anything. And I, and I like it's it's funny too because I have some Vancouver fans, uh, friends. And like, like whenever I mention how awesome Brad Marchand is, they get like really angry at me. So, so I, I I like it for that purposes where I can just troll them about how good Brad Marchand is. But like, other than that, I don't really hate them anymore because the Sedins are gone, um, which I didn't even really hate to begin with. Uh, Alex Burrows, who was like a huge time shit disturbers. I know you hate swearing, but you'll allow it here. Uh, Luongo's not there anymore, um, and I hey, actually you, you, I love the, Luongo got too. Button. I've got nothing to be concerned about. That's yeah. more work for you. That's true. That's true. I I mean, that's I, I just do it to make less work for you. So. <laughs> yeah, it's fair. Um, and they uh, they don't have um, 
yeah, so my, my point is they don't have Luongo anymore, although... They don't have... Bieksa is another one. Yeah. They don't have Bieksa. Shocker alert, I did not expect to love Luongo more than Tim Thomas, um, right, in, in 20... If you told me in, like, 2011 that I uh, that Luongo... I would like Luongo more than Tim Thomas, um, <laughs> like, five years later, I'd be like, What? <laughs> But, uh, it's, it's because of his humor. He's yeah, he's so humorous Twitter. on Twitter. I actually got a book from uh, James Duffy that yeah. was actually signed by James Duffy. And Luongo has a comment like on the back where where he like comments on his book or whatever, and he's like, "I've read this book. It's something to the effect of, I read this book. It's very good. Well, at least it's a chapter about me. I haven't read the rest.' Right. So, anyways, it's, uh, it's that yeah. it's that kind of humor that gets you. It may, it makes yeah. you like a person more. It's just like yeah, you know what this true. this guy's just an average Joe, just like you and me, just a funny guy. And sounds like uh, someone that I'd be happy to go to. And you know what makes you hate you is if you uh, if you get uh, if you miss out on the White House visit and make it into a huge thing. Uh, yeah. that, that's what makes me hate you. Um, but. Uh, um, uh, but like I, I thank you, Tim Thomas, for winning us the cup. So I appreciate that. But anyways, this is all all a point to being that um, the Canucks are gonna stink this year. But at least you have guys like Pedersen, Besser. Hopefully, Besser is healthy. Um, you have Quinn Hughes, so you can follow him in Michigan. Uh, Demko um, could be something in in the AHL. He's probably gonna play there. Bo Horvat could be something, you know, he's, he's going to be, uh, he's probably going to be, he's captain material. And then you have Sven Bereshi, who's a little bit underrated too. So, um, so they have a lot of things going on for them. Oh, and they also have Adam Gadet, who was the, uh, Calder Trophy winner last year, um, in their system. I don't know if he's going to be called up yet, but, um, that is also something to look forward to. So that in, in terms of prospects, they have a lot of things going for them. But yeah. this year, uh, I don't think they have anything uh, really to look forward to. Um, but it should be exciting to see what Pedersen can do, what Besser can do now in his second year. Um, yeah. Well, if you remember at the start of the year, they actually did pretty well. They were like 10-6 and something to right. start the first month or so. And you you know what ended up killing that vibe, Brett? Uh, Besser? Injury? No, no. Injuries, injuries, and losses as a result well, of I injuries. Said, I said Besser injury. <laughs> yeah, well, well, the Besser injury didn't end up being as severe as first thought. Oh. He actually didn't miss any time, but then he got injured later on. But there was also more injuries. I think Branson got hurt, then Berchi, uh, one of Besser's line mates, got hurt. Which, Horvath. by the way, a good thing they were able to keep Berchi. That's that's that's, that's pretty good. Horvat so, was also injured for a time. I remember that because yeah, he was on my team. Yeah, Horvat. Yeah, exactly. Um, um, yeah, I mean, I think but, the the one big concern then, if like if we're actually being serious about the Vancouver Canucks this year, the like, yeah. yeah, they do have Horvat, Besser, and Pedersen should be decent this year too. But if we're if we're actually being concerned about them, their defense is one of the worst in the in the league. I'm like looking at their defensive here. I'm like. Who are these guys? Like other than yeah, Edler, other than Edler like, and Gabranson, and you're Delzato. just like, okay, yeah. this guy's young, this guy's young, this guy's young. Exactly. So their defense needs work. Markstrom, I just poured out their stats. So that's not good either. But like that partially has to do with their defense too. So um, 
yeah, I think there is something to be said about um, their defense. But, you know, I think this is just their rebuilding year. So, like, whatever happens, happens. Um, if Pedersen, like, I think best case scenario is Pedersen becomes a Calder winner. Um, and Besser, like, and uh, Demko kills it in the AHL. And Quinn Hughes kills it in the uh, CH, in the NCAA and they somehow, and they lose enough games, even though Bo- Horvat, Besser, and Pedersen look really good, um, that they lose enough games where they get, uh, they get a chance to get Jack Hughes. Um, that's what, yeah. that's the best case scenario for this team. Yeah, I, I think, I think if you're Vancouver, and, and I kind of defend the decisions to adding guys like Grusel, guys like JB. Right, guys like Tim Schaller, because the young guys need to learn the fundamentals of hockey. They need to learn back checking. They need to learn good penalty killing traits. Yeah. They need to know what it's like to play a two way game because that is how this team is going to be successful. Down line is a good two way game because the last thing you need is guys that focus on their offensive game. You don't need guys like. Uh, you don't need names that start with Thomas and ends with Bannock, who can't play defense at all right. and are not willing to play defense. Sure. You need good two-way guys that can produce. And that is what Pedersen needs to do. That's what Besser needs to do. That's what Cadet needs to do. All the young guys need to learn how to play good team defense yep. because that is ultimately what's going to make or break this team down the line. So I, I think it's a matter of making sure you are developing the young guys as much as they need to be, regardless if it's in the AHL or the NHL or the CHL or NCAA. Um, You need to bring these guys up the right way. If they're ready, then use them accordingly in the big leagues. Um, and, And I don't really expect much from Vancouver, but... I don't think they're going to be horrendously bad. I think it's going to be similar to last year where you see strides, you see what this team is capable of in the future, but you don't see a playoff team. Right. Yeah, no, yeah, I agree. Um, but I still think they're going to be last. Um, yeah, I, I, think, I think given the strength of you know what we think Arizona is going to become and Edmonton, Edmonton. and Calgary and yeah. all, all the teams we expect to be good, Vancouver is probably last. Yeah. Um, yeah. Okay. Uh, Vegas is our next team. Uh, they uh, they had a they had a decent year this <laughs> last season, uh, to say the least. Uh, they, yeah, they, uh, they, they what 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 meaningful stuff did they accomplish? Like get into a playoff series? Yeah. No, no big deal. NBD. Uh, they uh, they went fifty one twenty four and seven. Um, in their first inaugural season, uh, they um, their leading scorers were uh, uh, I almost said Eric Carlson, William Carlson. <laughs> um, he had seventy eight points in eighty two games. Then you have Jonathan Marchessault, who had seventy five points in seventy seven games. David Perron had sixty six points in seventy games. Riley Smith was pretty good. Um, he had 60 points in 67 games. Eric Halla had 55 points in 76 games. Uh, Colin Miller had 41 points in 82 games. Nate Schmidt, who's going to be out for the first 20 games uh, for uh, supposed uh, PEDs, uh, he had 36 points in 76 games. And Shea Theodore had 
29 points in uh, 61 games. Um, so in terms of who they added, um, they added Max Pacioretty and Paul Stasny. So those two guys are pretty good uh, guys to add. Um, except, um, and then they subtracted Thomas Tatar and David Perron. Um, I don't think there are any rookies to watch out for, um, but I don't, yeah, I wouldn't imagine so. I don't think Cody Glass made the team. No, he didn't. Um, but, um, even still, like, you know, you have a top line, like, when you add guys like Paul Stasny and Max Pacioretty, that's like, um, (laughs) and you, you already had a pretty decent top line with, William Carlson, John Marchessault, and Riley Smith. That's pretty. That's pretty good. Um, and then, oh, I forgot to mention goalies. Uh, Mark Andre Fleury had a, went twenty nine, thirteen, and four. Uh, they had about uh, four other goalies uh, to take his place um, as well. But um, he had a. Uh, anyways, he had a 9.27 save percentage and a 2.24 GAA when he was healthy. Um, so that's uh, that's a key here. Uh, so there are some question marks still. Uh, of course, uh, Max Pacioretty is going to help them. So is Paul Stasny is going to help them too. Uh, so you have like two top-line centers. But that does bring back to William Carlson had his best season by far last year. Um, which is great. Uh, you found a diamond in a rough kind of thing situation that Columbus didn't find his former team. But can he re- can he get forty goals again? I don't know. Um, uh, Jonathan Marchessault has been pretty consistent, so I'm not as worried about him. Riley Smith has had has been on two teams now, and both times. His second year was far worse than his first year, so yeah. there's a little bit of a concern there. But if he if he is consistently getting top line minutes, I think he could he is fine. I guess it's more Carlson and Smith and Hollow will be like the big ones where it'll be like, well, can they replicate what they did last year? That I'm not sure. But Jonathan Montreso should yeah. be good and all that stuff. So, yeah. Oh, sorry. I'll take, I'll take it to you. No, that's okay. Um, like I said, you know, like, oh, when I was looking at this team at first last year, I thought, okay, this team's going to be competitive. They're going to give teams a good run for their money at first. I think they're going to gain some respect. But a playoff appearance, Stanley Cup Finals appearance, that was first thing for my mind. Uh, this year, I expect this franchise to make the playoffs. They get Paul Stastny, they get Pacioretty to replace Perron and Neal. I would consider that an upgrade. Um, William Carlson and Riley Smith, those will be interesting cases to watch throughout the year. I think March is still going to be a 30-goal scorer. Um, maybe they utilize guys like Brandon Peary a bit more. So that'll be interesting to see. Um, Eric Halla and Alex Took, I think, are breakout candidates as well. Um, but... The two big question marks for me are Nate Schmidt and the overall team identity because Schmidt's going to be facing, um, you know, a suspension for the first 20 games. The good news is they have Shea Theodore locked up for seven years. Um, so if the, Knight, if the Knights can get by with a five-goalie system while Flurry is out, I wouldn't put it past them to get through this obstacle. But 
you look at what they did last year. Last year's performance was unlike anything we've ever seen at any level of professional sports. You have this Island of Misfit toys getting together, proving the haters wrong. It was easy to find motivation last year. It was square in the face from day one. It wasn't hard to find. This year, it's going to be much tougher. How can you rally a team like that when you got so much satisfaction in reaching the finals in your first year? Because it's one thing to stay hungry, but now you've got some new faces. A lot of them were in your way last year. How do you get those guys buying in and feeding off of that same passion? That's what they need to do this year. Yeah, that's true. I I, I remember I had the hot take that the Golden Knights weren't going to make the playoffs. And then they went in. And I, they must have listened to the episode because they went and got <laughs> Max Pacioretty. Even before I uploaded it up. So... Um, I think, I I think this is still a playoff team though, but it is. I don't know if like I wouldn't be surprised if they drop off, um, because of like it's so unclear about what's going to happen with William Carlson, what's going to happen with Riley Smith, Eric Halla, um, right. and Colin Miller, um, Shea Theater, all these guys who had career years, uh, Jonathan Marchessault even. But like all these guys had career years, can the now the question is, can they replicate it? And the other thing is, is like Mark Andre Fleury, um, he was great, um, especially in the playoffs. But that was mostly because but he hasn't been this great in a long time. But and I was going to say, and that was mostly because he only played forty six games in the regular season. So like. Um, so I am curious to see like how much, how many games are they going to give Flurry, and how many games are they going to give Subban? So um, and and like is Malcolm Subban up to the task? So that's that's going to be another thing to to look out for, um, for sure. All right, yep. let's. I think that's it for the the Golden Knights. Uh, yep. So we should do our top three. Um, I'll give you the floor because I think I did, I said my top three last the first last time. So, um, like I said, I'm all in on the Sharks bandwagon. I think they're going to win the division. Um, I think Edmonton's going to finish second, and McDavid will take home the Hart Trophy as league MVP. Uh, LA, I think, is going to finish. Uh, in the third spot, I think if Kopitar hits another point, uh, 100 points this year, I think they could finish higher than third in the division, but we'll see. Vegas is going to be right up there with them, though. Um, I think Patches is going to be a 30-goal scorer again. I think Carlson is going to follow suit. Um, Calgary, I think, is going to be jousting for wild cards, but I have them in the fifth slot. Um, Arizona is going to finish sixth. A uh, vast improvement from last season, as I uh, mentioned. I think Anaheim's going to finish seventh. I think injuries are going to hit them very, very hard this year. Yeah. And uh, like I said, I think both of us agree Vancouver's going to finish last. Yeah, I kind of agree with that. Although, so I will say, I think I think San Jose's first, uh, Vegas second, um, just purely because of Eric Carlson and Max Pacioretty. Um, LA. You mean William Carlson? And William, yeah, yeah, of course. Uh, LA third. However, I'm not. I'm not counting out Arizona, Anaheim, or Calgary or Edmonton. Um, Arizona. If if Antiranta um, 
can be what he was in the second half for the full season, I think they make they their third. Um, Anaheim, kind of the same deal. If John Gibson can go off and just be John Gibson, um, I think they're also third. Um, and 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 also assuming that like Ryan Kessler is back to healthy and Patrick Eves is is um, is also healthy and contributing as well. Uh, so they're, they're, those are my other concerns for them. Calgary, they made some changes, but I don't think they did enough. Same can be said for Edmonton, but I can't really count those two out. Um, just uh, McDavid, purely for, for McDavid on Edmonton and Calgary. But I think if, if, if any of those teams are going to make the playoffs – it's going to be like LA is going to be the unfortunate team that's going to uh, go off. But um, I could see maybe like this could be the first year where like, cause I know like the past couple of years where like the central had five teams in the playoffs. I feel like this could be one of the years where there could be four uh, teams in each division um, where we could see maybe like an Arizona sneak in um instead of, like, a, a Dallas or a Minnesota or something. But yeah, um, we'll see. Um, and then, so then, so who will come out in the West? In the uh, West well, I, my two wildcard teams, I would say Colorado and Vegas. Okay. Um, I think the Blues and the Stars are going to be jousting for that final spot in the last two or three days. Um, so come March, early April, that wildcard race is going to be very interesting from start to finish. Uh, in the Western Conference Finals, I'm going to go San Jose, Winnipeg, and um, I, I think the Sharks are just too good right now. I think Winnipeg will face off National in round two. That will go a full seven, but I think the Jets really did a good job of feeding off those big moments yep. like they did in 2018. I think they're going to follow suit, make it back to the Conference Finals. And uh, this time, I think they're actually going to reach the Stanley Cup Finals. So, um, between the Sharks and the Jets, Winnipeg wins and goes to the Finals. Yep. I have, yeah, I, I think I have, yeah, I think the Jets and the Sharks um, are as well. Um, and I think, I'm going to have the, so this is going to be interesting because I think the Winnipeg is my favorite Western Conference team, and I, the Sharks are now your favorite Western Conference team. So that should be a fun. Oh, and it's the Sharks and the Jets, West Side Story. Um, but <laughs> One of my uh, friends references that every chance he gets. <laughs> that's funny. Uh, but uh, I think I, I I have the Jets uh, beating the Sharks. Um, that's going to be my Stanley Cup. So it's going to be, the, I have the the Lightning um, in the Eastern Conference, and then I have the Jets in the Western Conference. And I think, um, I didn't get this far. Uh, I think Winnipeg ha- has the edge um, over Tampa, although, so I, but I think it's going to be close series. So I have the Jets in seven. I you- think... You had the Leafs in the Stanley Cup Finals. Yeah. Okay, so what I said last uh, last week, though, I said right. if the Leafs do improve their defense, they beat Tampa and they go to the finals. Okay, right, you're right. Um, or it, 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 at least they're going to be the team that makes it out 
uh, to the finals if if they um, add to their defense. If they don't, it's going to be Tampa. Okay. So I think if Winnipeg's facing Tampa, wait, I do you have Tampa Winnipeg? Do you have Winnipeg beating the Sharks? I have Winnipeg beating the Sharks. Yes, okay. in the Western Conference Finals. So the Stanley Cup. I think Winnipeg loses to Tampa in six if they face Tampa. But if they face Toronto, they win in six. Okay. So it all determines on who makes it out of the East. If they face Tampa, um, I think Tampa wins it all. Okay. But I think if they face a team like Toronto, it's Winnipeg to win. Just a reminder, last year we all had uh, Edmonton, Ottawa, um, Montreal in the playoffs. Um, And we all had Vegas, Colorado, New Jersey, um, I'm probably blanking on another team, uh, New Jersey, Colorado, I said, yeah, th- those teams out the playoffs. So, I um, mean, those teams, uh, ended up making the playoffs. So it's like, it's weird to say like, um, like these, you know, like predictions, um, for playoff predictions right now are very tough to predict. But that's why they play hockey and all that stuff. But um, yeah, because like like you said, yeah. like you know, depending on how things go, there could be injuries. Right. You know, there could be up and down years from several players. And, you could and have an owner having a fight with their star the entire, player. Uh, division or conference. So. You could have an owner threatening to leave uh, town <laughs> if they don't uh, get a new arena. Um, uh, and don't get their attendance numbers up, um, and then you uh, and you also have a star player who uh, wants uh, who publicly announced that he wanted more money, and the uh, owners did not like that. Uh, you you could have that situation too. Uh, yeah, no, you're right. Or, or someone wants to move to a different uh, place with a body of water next to it, or something. Yeah, yeah. There's there's also that. So. Uh, it should be a fun. I, I'm looking forward to this hockey season. It's it seems like there are a ton of teams that could uh, I could make you can make a case for being Stanley Cup champions. Um, and there's also and there's going to be a lot of solid UFA's available too. too. Yeah. So we're we're going to have a lot of situations. And that tomorrow. and that also has an effect on everything. So uh, yeah, I look forward to that. Uh, we'll we'll be here along the way. Um, our, our Twitter is also going to be there along the way at Lace Them Up. Um, Lace Up. Yeah, Lace Them Up on uh, Twitter. Our uh, Facebook is Lace Them Up as well. Oh, there we are. Our Twitter is Lace Up Podcast. Um, I'm not sure why I didn't have make it Lace Them Up as our Twitter account, now that I think about it. Anyways, we're also on SoundCloud. If you're not subscribed, please do that. Also, we're on iTunes as well, so and do the same thing. Uh, subscribe if you want, um, and uh, you're probably listening to that too. So, um, uh, the next time you'll be hearing us will be uh, when the play. Uh, well, I guess the games have already started. If this is going to be out on Thursday, so uh, I hope but the we'll Bruins be, won't. We'll, we'll be reacting to actual in-season yeah. events yeah. The next time we talk to you. I uh, hope go Bruins. Uh, they play the Capitals tomorrow or on Wednesday, so uh, that sh- they should play spoiler to the Capitals uh, night. Uh, yes, last night 
But um, which, which I guess you'll 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 find out uh, because that yeah. game will be over by the time. I mean, like Tuka Rask, like shut out everyone. It was it was nuts. Um, <laughs> I, I it's, uh, sorry, Felger, but I, I have to I have to get that in there. Um, uh, I'm Brett Dubuff. I'm Steve Ellsworth. Go sends, I guess, and we'll talk <laughs> to you in episode 140 of the Lace Em Up podcast.